Dewey Finn, an amateur rock enthusiast, slyly takes up his friend's job by posing as a substitute teacher. Bearing no qualifications for it, he instead starts training the students to form a band. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bottom of the bin. Welcome back, everybody. Um, this is part two of uh, us exploring our favorite. I, I say I say part two as if as if that's not you know every other episode. <laughs> basically, um, is just us uh, wanting to talk about one of our nostalgic favorites. That you know, like I think it's fair to say that School of Rock is not like it's not the most beloved. It's I, I don't know like we we tend to go between like looking at stuff that nobody's heard of, and then we talk about stuff that um, people haven't talked about for a while. Um, and even with like the recent musical school of adaptation, I I still think School of Rock is kind of I don't know it's not overplayed. No, the, the no, it's least. not. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's beloved in the same way that like some of these like. Shawshank Redemption is considered the most beloved movie <laughs> of all time, and this is not Shawshank Redemption. It's not yeah, Citizen well, Kane, and it's. And if I there's think that's one kind thing the point we want it. everyone to, if there's ever, there's one thing we want everyone to come out of this podcast knowing, it's that School of Rock is not Shawshank Redemption. Yes, I, I feel like we really need to hammer that home because I don't know how many people really uh, register that. <laughs> um, um, and I think it's probably it would almost work against the movie if it was held in like that level of regard and esteem yeah yeah i I think this is a movie that like um (laughs) i feel like it'd be so pretentious of me to say it doesn't insist upon itself (laughs) (laughs) um but this is a movie that um you know for such a wacky premise it's actually executed i think pretty well as far as like the realism of it goes like it's a movie it's this yeah is, it's a wacky premise but um and i think that a lot of that's owed to the direction of richard linklater um i don't know if you've seen m- many of his movies have you've seen boyhood right uh yes i did see that yeah, yeah. so that that kind of that and um, uh, Dazed and Confused and Everybody Wants Some, they all kind of have this very loose narrative, as as Dewey would say, loosey-goosey. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he tends to go more for, for realism than, like, big dramatic stories. And this, this one was written by Mike White, who also plays um, the real Ned Schneebly in, in this movie, um, Dewey's... Uh, Oh, he wrote the movie. That's interesting. He, he wrote the movie. So he right. did yeah. he write that character for himself? Because that doesn't come across as the kind of character you would write for yourself. But you mean if you're a pompous, egotistical <laughs> Hollywood screenwriter? No, no, it doesn't. No, it's this is. I I feel like I always like when screenwriters put themselves in movies, but not as like you know look at me kind of characters right you know? unless it's taika watiti as as uh, imaginary hitler that's perfect <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway um i find that interesting because i i remember watching the movie thinking i want to get a little more into the real ned's character like i want to see him <laughs> have a little bit more because he does have the thing where he refuses to stand up for himself i right. want to go a little bit more into that character and i get that it's movies doesn't want to be too long it's a family film this is jack black this is yeah the jack exactly black show yeah, so absolutely. and i'm like okay but it, that's interesting that maybe it's like he didn't want to put too much onto his own character he's putting that oh i can't give this whole to my i can't make this whole subplot about my own character this is not right. my movie he's just right. trying to be modest like when spielberg was directing um ready player one he's like i can't reference myself mm, yeah yeah which, you know, is completely ant- antithetical to the whole thing yeah. of Ready Player One, Stephen. Maybe you just shouldn't direct the movie then. Maybe you should just... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. With this, yeah, I think it also fits well with uh, Ned's character that he is just on the sidelines, you know. His, 
he's basically given up his dream. He has that brilliant line, um, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a working <laughs> stiff, and that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like, that's what Dewey, I'm sure he has like some deep-seated fear that he could become like that and that like him just this stubborn defiance of like working for the man and just being a regular joe is not enough for him so he has to insert that part of his life into everything he does and so yeah and that's a big part of the appeal is is the character and jack black um this movie I don't think it would work without Jack Black. Yeah, I agree. We were talking about realism. I don't know that I'd say this movie is too realistic. <laughs> Not like, too realistic. I don't, and if this happened in the real world, I don't know that that would end oh, no. with any no, no, way no. other than Jack Black ending up in court and then in jail. And he would he would go immediately to prison. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I'm saying as far as like the rules um, and how like. Because this whole movie is about Dewey Finn just bullshitting everybody. Like, that's the whole... When you really boil it down, this is how long can this guy just lie to everybody? How long can he hold up this facade? And I love that as soon as the parents become involved, it just falls apart completely. Yes. <laughs> that That's what I mean by realism, is that he's able to trick the kids. And I'm sure the kids, they probably are like, this. we're just... We're not doing schoolwork, but this is fun, so we're just going to go along with it. It's that, it's that like, I guess it's that mentality where you see everybody's going along with it, so you're like, eh, you know what, I'm not, I don't have a problem with this, I'm just going to let this happen. And this is one of the few times in which that's a good thing, <laughs> because it means we all get to have fun and play music and, uh, and shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really appreciate about the movie is, so first of all, you, and this was, by the way, this was my, I had never seen this movie until this morning. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So rock and roll was kind of, they talk about this, Jack Black does the speech about how rock and roll is a way you stick it to the man. And the man is, you know, the man is in the White House. The man is. Down the halls, Miss Mullins, she's the man. Exactly. Like, so yeah. And rock and roll does have this history of, you know, the man being a sort of metaphor of, you know, authorities that push the world towards conformity and just, you know, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right. And rock and roll is a way of sticking to the man. And then he goes, and Principal Joan Cusack is the man. And Cusack, yeah. Yeah, what it, I forget her character name. But um, uh, Miss Mullins. Miss Mullins. Mullins, right. Jesse from Toy Story. <laughs> yes. But I, I appreciate that you do get to, because I feel like a lesser version of this movie would just be like, yeah, she's just a stern principal Oh, yeah. She's just yeah. the antagonist. But as the movie goes on, you're like, oh, no, she used to be more like Jack Black's character. And previous versions of the man just kind of forced her to be that. And she's learning to let go. Yeah. And that's something I found in rewatching this. I've watched it like three times in the last year, in the last like, <laughs> like maybe month. Um, they're all, they're saying like how, oh, she's so strict. Like, is she always like that? And they're like, oh, yeah. As if like, as if she's a lot to handle. But I, I really think it's just like, I wonder if this might be a very subtle commentary on like how women put in positions of of authority their behavior is judged based on a different standard than men like if she's just even slightly authoritative it's like whoa calm down lady it's like no but she's not like a trunchbull you know right she's just an overworked principal you know works at a prep school like that's I'm sure that's a lot of work on her shoulders so yeah and the way that she uh, lashes out when she's comfortable around Dewey, and then she, she's, she's, says, this has turned me into something that I never wanted to be. And then she does the cutest thing. She censors herself when she's, she mouths the word bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. I think that's a very unique way to portray that, that character. And yeah, I'm and glad it, it wasn't. It works. Yeah. It's a creative way to do, because I think what also is going on there is the, you know, the producers of the movie are like, we got to get this movie past the censor board. For oh, yeah, yeah. But that, that works PG. both ways. And it though. works yeah. both ways. Yeah, it's a cute moment yeah, for her yeah. character. And it 
makes the the man it makes it okay with it <laughs> yeah yeah well it also like when you're talking about the logistics of this movie and maybe i maybe i use the word realism wrong i think it's more that this movie has a consistent logic in that how we are they're able to get away with all these things and i feel like i have a pretty good ability to to give the movie the benefit of a doubt like yeah. i can come up with reasons in my head oh that for how this makes sense and i actually didn't even notice one until a recent rewatch the whole thing about how he's able to so for anybody who, <laughs> who's completely lost about School of Rock, <laughs> it's a, about a good-for-nothing freeloader rocker who gets kicked out of his band and needs to pay rent. But his roommate, who was his previous bandmate, is now a substitute teacher. And he picks up a phone call meant for him, and then he finds out that his roommate could get a whole bunch of money for substitute teaching, so he pretends to be his roommate. And then once he finds out that the kids can play music, he makes that into a thing where he can get the kids to be in his band and then they can win by all the bands and he can get all this money. Yeah, which when you think about it is a really kind of wicked thing to do or not wicked, not wicked as in cool, like wicked as in wicked, man. <laughs> no, I love how you took advantage of all those children. <laughs> it's 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 it's. Very uh, uh, morally, uh, I think the ethics the morally gray would, ground there. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a gray area. It's yeah, it's bad. But it's Jack Black, and you feel bad for him, and the, the movie kind of gets away with it. It's safe to say that this movie could not be made in this uh, generation. No, but I think it, again, it does also revolve a lot around black uh, blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a exactly. card game. That's, that's what I meant to say, absolutely. Uh, it revolves in completely around Blackjack. Um, and uh, what I was going to say with the logic of it was that, so after he figures out which kids are going to play the, the instruments and gets them all playing instruments, then he tells them all about how there's this big competition and that we're not supposed to get started until next quarter. And I had never registered that as like the whole reason why he's able to convince these kids to keep this a secret because uh, they're going up against the competition right. yeah yeah so yeah there's a lot of little things that they do to make sure it makes sense in a movie you know it doesn't make wouldn't make sense in real life but this is a movie they soundproof the room it also as far as like how the kids behave because if this is a regular school I, th I don't think I would buy this premise quite as much because I think with the kids, just how behaved they are, it makes sense that this is a prep school. Yes. Yeah. And how like they're they're more or less willing to go along with everything. And also just like their professionalism with, with what they do. Like that one kid who does like the graphic design. It's like, that's a pretty cool looking design for, for from a 10 year old. <laughs> but, you know, he's from a prep school, so I'm willing to... If it, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not slapped together. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, yeah, that's true. Is that they definitely get away with it in that, like, these are not your kids you'd find if you walk into like a regular classroom. These are the, yeah, these are the mm -hmm. straight A students. Exactly. Which I think does add an interesting thing to the movie because it's about them letting go of their kind of stuck upness and, you know, learning to just rock right. and roll. But I wonder right. also, like, would this have been more interesting if they were more like real kids with problems? I, like, I feel like if, I don't know. I think it's a question. It's you walk a tightrope with this mm -hmm. as far as like being able to make this premise work, not just from a logistical standpoint, but also in a moral standpoint. And that revolves a lot around Jack Black and his just genuine love for rock and roll. Like there's no, what's the word, um, other agenda with him other than that he wants to like put on a cool show. Like that's his end goal. It's just very unfortunate when he says shit like, I have been touched by your kids, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them, which took me uh, many years, my friend, to uh, to understand what that meant. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
Yeah, that yeah, joke yeah. maybe hasn't aged very well. I mean, I'm... oh, I think it's supposed to have not aged oh, well. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. supposed I, to I sound it's... exactly as bad as it is. <laughs> I think it would have been. I think it's a little Ooh. bit more cringe now than it would have been in oh, the sure. 90s or I guess early the, 2000s. The early. This is 2003, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about the the performances in this movie. Okay. Not just Jack Black. But the kids, what did you think of the child performances? They they are fantastic. I think, well, they're fantastic musicians for their age. And yeah, that's definitely the emphasis. Like, yes, for I sure. think that was the, f- the first thing as far as the casting was, can you play an instrument? Yes, and they can. They do it quite well. And they act like real kids. You know, it's not. If you want an example of, of School of Rock if you want to know just how good this movie is, watch the School of Rock TV show that exists. It's a real thing. And I watched one episode of it, and it's... Uh, uh, I don't know if it was that I watched it on YouTube and they do that thing where they, like, speed it up just a, just a hair. But it was just, like, just so hyper and so overacted and so, like, cringe. You think this is cringe? Jesus Christ. And I don't even know if they were playing their fucking instruments. <laughs> I know at the beginning of the musical, there's a little uh, blurb from Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, who wrote this, uh, a lot of the songs in the musical, he, it, where people have asked him, uh, do the kids play the instruments? And he gives them an emphatic, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> so that's pretty cool that they do that in the show. And they do that here. I, I don't think there's any weak link, like, you know, kid acting in this movie i think they're all pretty solid it's also to the movie's benefit that the only child actor to really move on to a a bigger career past this movie was miranda cosgrove right iCarly. iCarly, yeah so she plays summer the the teacher's pet um so it makes a lot of sense that she'd be the overachiever um (laughs) Yeah, and, and you know, it adds to that, like, that these kids feel like r- real, just regular kids. I mean, they're in a prep school, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No no disservice to their acting. They're just, you know, they probably just want to do other things in life. But, yeah, it works for the movie. So, so the guy that uh, Dewey Finn is impersonating, his name is Ned Schneebly, which sounds more like a name that Dewey made up. Yeah. <laughs> So the guy that Dewey Finn is impersonating, uh, his name is Ned Schneebly, which really sounds more like a name that Dewey just made up. Mm-hmm. It sounds more made up than, than Dewey Finn, so. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, I, and I like that he asked to, when he goes to write his name on the chalkboard, like, why don't you just call me Mr. S? Because I don't know how to spell my roommate's last name. Because cause he's like... <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's like writing the e's he's like one e two e's three e's and then just (laughs) wipes it off yeah um oh so you know how he's in a band at the beginning of yes it's interesting that they they play it off like it the song sucks that they're doing sucks but i don't know it's a pretty like good opening for the movie Well, it's, I think it's, he's a stage hog, right? He does all these big oh, yeah. solos Absolutely. things. He's, he, which I, I want, I almost wanted there to be more of that in his arc too, is that like, he needs to, like, I'll, at the end of the movie when he's like, okay, fine, I'll sing it. Like, I almost wanted him to not lead mm-hmm. the band and like, but they need for the trailer, Jack Black leading with a bunch of kids. But I almost wanted it right. to be about him saying okay you know what you guys got this and just stepping aside and letting them take the stage see that's interesting because because i'm just realizing that i don't think he really has much of an arc in this movie it's it's more like i'm gonna lie i'm gonna fake it till i make it and then it all blows up in his face but then the kids are like no we liked it let's do this thing and and then it's yeah so it's i don't think it really is about dewey like becoming a responsible adult i think in a, in a way like he's able to apply his his passion into something that really inspires kids but i don't think that's anything that like really challenges his morals if anything it's like <laughs> like he lies and they're like it's okay <laughs> <laughs> you know this isn't a movie where we learn 
lessons of maturity. It's it's more about like uh, fuck the man and uh, play rock and roll music. Just inspiring kids to you know rebel. <laughs> you know. Yeah. To the delight of teachers everywhere. To delight exactly yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm sure music. I'm sure music teachers will. They'll put this on. And be like, ah, I'm the cool teacher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I know you said you know we don't want to talk about the performances in general, not just Jack Black, but we should talk about Jack Black's performance. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is um, what makes this movie work. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. If you took him out of the equation, then it would be as cringy as uh, some people say. Oh, and you know what we forgot to do. Um, now we'll talk about Jack Black first, and then we'll then we'll do the uh, user reviews. Sounds good. Contrasting with um, our last episode, we talked about Ben Stiller, where I said I didn't really have quite a, uh, I couldn't quite pin him down mm-hmm. with his comedic style. With this, Jack Black is very, he's very obviously put himself into a corner as far as the type of actor he is. Yes. And I don't know if I have a problem with that. I think it's so. I think it. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as somebody online described brilliantly, um, I'm just just from my memory. It's uh, Jack Black is what happens when you pour all your stat points in D and D into charisma. <laughs> he is pure charismatic energy. That's 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 a good way of describing him. <laughs> I feel like. So I used to dislike Jack Black quite passionately. And then I kind of realized like his career is kind of like what this movie's about is kind of sticking it to the man saying, you know what, I'm just going to do what I want and I'm going to be myself. And mm. I find that a lot of times the people who have a problem with that are the more pretentious people. <laughs> so if you, so basically if you dislike Jack Black, you're pretentious. <laughs> That's that's a very hard and fast statement right there. Um, put that in the records there. Yeah, I think it it also is is a case of like knowing how to use Jack Black's strengths. I think with this movie, when Jack Black isn't a part of it, it's a it's pretty dry. The mm-hmm. world is is pretty dry, and the characters are very um, I don't know, just straightforward. Jack Black is the energy source that this movie he's he's the sun this movie revolves around yes yeah and i think it works great when you have that contrast between like a big crazy character and this otherwise dry setting yeah um yeah Yeah, for sure and um like i just find it interesting like how like you know when rock and roll came onto the scene you know all of the i was gonna say boomers but they were boomers when that happened (laughs) like all the older generation at the time time. (laughs) the older generation at that time were like oh this isn't music but like the same thing happened when like jazz started coming out coming onto the scene and now or not now but like and then it started later happening with hip-hop and it's just interesting that there is this history in music where when the new thing emerges like the people Mm -hmm. who loved rock and roll are now saying well saying the same thing that they had to fight against towards hip-hop and things like that It's, it's it's fine to be like oh this isn't my taste but it's like well that's like that's that's fine but to be like oh this isn't music music. yeah this is the devil's music or whatever they say to attack it is like no because you you fought against those same sentiments with your love of rock and roll like this is just like every generation Mm -hmm. has its sound basically absolutely yeah yeah and rock definitely has a very obvious aesthetic especially like like heavy metal kind of rock um where yeah it's is very rebellious and like it, not just in the music, but also just the way that the, that rockers dress, mm-hmm. and so yeah. And I think I don't know. I think it, it's not something that that ages the movie as far as like the generational differences. I'm not saying that's what that's what yeah. you're saying. I'm I'm if that was ever a consideration, like oh, is rock outdated? Like no, I don't think so. No. I I mean, there definitely is a nostalgia element to it, and that's definitely why I picked this movie for us to talk about but yeah i think it's school of jazz probably wouldn't have worked quite as quite as well oh man that'll be the prequel the prequel yeah i think i think school of rock is um uh as far as like 
the capitalization on on uh, popular brands. I think I, we should just leave School of Rock alone. The musical, um, I haven't seen all of it, um, so I haven't formed a complete opinion on it. But so that did feels you see like part of it. Did you like walk out at intermission? <laughs> no, as in I watched part of like a bootleg. <laughs> oh well, that's you yeah. can't even get experience on a bootleg was it someone yeah, in the back that's true. of the mezzanine with a video camera well the first bootleg i found was like the light the light was just right on the character's face from from where the, they're recording so it was uh yeah you you're just looking at just this white silhouette um but then i found this other one that's a lot better but you're right yeah bootlegs don't quite give you the the experience yeah. but i've listened to the songs i've listened to mm-hmm. all the songs from the musical and yeah i the musical just feels like a different animal to me right yeah yeah it's it's an interesting thing that's happening more and more is movies that you wouldn't necessarily expect are being turned into musicals and sometimes they're a lot better than you would think like matilda uh the musical mm-hmm. i i actually saw that and it was fantastic i know there's some different opinions but also like being in the room you have a much different experience than, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of the things that makes theater work so well is you do just have mm-hmm. a much more emotional experience when you're in the room and it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to be like to think anything critically because it's like no i was there it was amazing like mm-hmm. yeah. i saw matilda in toronto and it sucked <laughs> i'm serious the the performance was it was a matinee though so of course it sucked yeah matinees um, are Never go to a matinee. Yeah. <laughs> matinees are rarely good. I saw a matinee for Book of Mormon, and that was fine. No, what was it matinee or was it like late evening? Whatever, um, late afternoon. I don't know. But anyway, um, but Matilda, I I was robbed because that's a that the songs are so good for that in that show. Did Tim Minchin do the musical of School of Rock? No, it was Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Andrew Lloyd Webber and uh, Glenn Slater. Right. Yeah, that was lyricist, yeah. So uh, I want to read some uh, user reviews. Let's do for, it. For this film. I decided to look for the uh, very negative reviews. There is also one positive one I have. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start with this one here. Jack Black is a creep who I wouldn't allow near my kids in this. <laughs> the movie rocks, and I really like it. One of the most boomer films ever. <laughs> Wait. Wait, so they like the movie? One star. One out of five stars. But it said... They said, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're trolling. Whatever. Fair enough. Uh, next review here. Unfortunately, I did watch this movie. Miranda Cosgrove, yes, bestie. Jack Black joke. Half a star. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, next up. Uh this should be called Schoolhouse Rock, half star. Is that a, is that a criticism? Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock is also. Schoolhouse uh, Rock is awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, it's. I mean, they're both in schools and use rock, but they're that's kind of true. Actually, true. There, there are some I, parallels, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I I would watch Schoolhouse Rock. That'd be cool. Yeah, the great suggestion, Alex K from Letterbox. <laughs> Um, next up, some of these names, I don't know how to pronounce them. Yabuil Rolf <laughs> uh, says, uh, I have a feeling these Jack Black quote unquote comedies are made for single moms. Half star. <laughs> As single made moms? for single. What? Why? why? First of all, I why are you this... throwing single moms under the bus? It's what? Why, like, were you... <laughs> Was also f- how is this movie? <laughs> I don't see this movie at all targeted towards single moms. I don't know that. I think this is targeted I think, towards rebellious children. <laughs> yeah, I think single moms have much more important things to do than watch this movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they've, that's true. they've got way too much going on for them. I don't think this movie yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very weird uh, criticism. I'm just picturing um, like a like a like a mom club or a mommy bloggers club and they're all getting together and watching this movie they would hate this movie they would mommy bloggers would hate this movie they'd be like oh, he said damn they he makes the principal drink alcohol what i mean that scene of uh when when freddie jones uh the drummer when he he wanders off that must have given all the single moms a fucking heart attack <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sure there are like those parent reviews of this movie out there. Yeah. That's what we should oh, have gone for. <laughs> That's what should, we should go to Common Sense Media. I'll read you another one. This is a pretty lengthy one. Dewey is the villain, and it sucks that he received no real repercussions for his actions. That's fair. Uh, the man stole his roommate's identity after not paying rent for months. He literally stole a job from him, and it was purposely shitty at the job until he realized there was a way that he could personally benefit from it. Also fair. Uh, at one point, he loads a bunch of school children into a dark van and this doesn't look suspicious to anyone with that haircut okay also fair um if i found out my kid's teacher assigned her to the role of groupie i would slap the shit out of him in fact <laughs> it amazes me how quickly all is forgiven by all parties involved the kids should have been pissed uh someone who they trusted lied to them and used them so he could profit because <laughs> there's no way i'm believing he ever planned paying those kids for their labor. I feel like Patty and the costume designer kid were the only two sane people in the movie. Very fair <laughs> All <review>. fair points. <laughs> All fair points. Very fair points, uh, Keezy, uh, from Letterboxd. Uh, and I think this movie was not made for you. It was not made for you. You are not a single mom, clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, those are all very, very fair points. Um, I, my def of the movie uh, and all that is uh, that the kids just want to goof off and uh, Miss Mullins is even though she says oh I'm mad I'm furious but she's not she's not really mad <laughs> and the parents you know what's just the sweetest thing the sweetest payoff with this movie it's not even like the song at the end that is you know such a satisfying conclusion but also it's really the when when they lose the battle of the bands and mm -hmm. and everybody is like what like ev there's there's just one guy in the audience is like yeah no vacancy <laughs> there's one guy <laughs> um oh by the way uh the lead singer of no vacancy is um adam pascal who was uh roger in rent little fun fact there but yeah at the end of it really the big uh, the the emotional climax is when the parents start cheering. They start going for an encore of their kids. And like, that's the payoff. Yeah, for sure. And it is a little bit of a, you know, that's a moment where if you are in your realist mind, then you're yeah. going to be like, there's no way this one performance is going to win them over to like everything. Like, you know, their kids have yeah. basically been kidnapped and, you know, uh, oh, but right. then they see the rock. Like if you if you're thinking like that one review did, then yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, this. Oh, come on, really? They're right. They're just falling at the, his knees once they hear this mm -hmm. one song. But when right. you're just watching it to enjoy it, mm -hmm. it's so sweet and it works. Right, right. I mean, we also we know just based on what we've seen in the film that Jack Black is not a nefarious individual. He is just an irresponsible freeloader who sees a chance to to inject rock and roll in, into a job. Yes. So yeah, it's it's innocent but it's it's also not unreasonable for people to be like, eh, you know what? You know what? Yeah, again, this movie I, I, they should never remake this movie. That's that's uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll read one more review here. Uh, shaking my head so awful unrealistic tried doing this because i was short on money and now i'm writing this from prison fuck you link ladder i thought your <laughs> films were based on hard reality you hack four out of five stars oh, I... <laughs> thank you sarmad <laughs> if that's not satire i hope you have a good lawyer although actually i don't because that's really messed up if you actually did that mm. and i hope you <laughs> i hope justice is served speaking of lawyers um so you know how in the film uh dewey gets replaced by that guy spider he's the one at the end with like this he has just sleeves and no shirt oh yeah 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 he's an attorney he is the district attorney of tyler county texas this is real. <laughs> and he's in this movie? Okay. He's the, he's, he's the guy, Spider. He's, he's the one that's like, wow. sup, dog. <laughs> Interesting. I, 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 I'm sure he uh, 
tries his best to not let people see his his career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Or I'm just picturing, you know, if he's in court making his case, and then the guy from the other side, whether he's the defendant or the prosecutor, like whatever. The other lawyer is going to be like, well, you can't take anything this attorney says because look at what he's done. Just pulls up the <laughs> clip of this movie. This movie. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't clear on, and I guess I need to look at the credits for this, but you know how the there's another teacher that shows up at the end to take take over the class of the kids mm-hmm. um so the whole thing is that he dewey is replacing uh or sorry so the thing is that dewey is filling in for the teacher miss dunham um because mm-hmm. she slipped in the bathroom and it's very very lucky that she does not make a smooth recovery because he's in they say they they do it for about three weeks yeah, Freddie's like we had a three-week vacation, um, and so. But then, after Dewey gets kicked out, when they figure out all the shenanigans, um, another teacher comes in. I don't even know if that is Miss Dunham. What if she's right. still? Because that was what if, um. What's her name? Was that actress? You just have to look up who um. What is her name? It's Amy Sedaris. So who does Amy Sedaris play in School of Rock? And is it the name of the teacher? Wait, so that's the credit of the the teacher that shows up? Like, no, Amy Sedaris is the actress. Okay. And so, who? What is her character name? She's an yeah, elf. So. She's the receptionist. Miss um, Hanish. So no, it's a different teacher. So Miss Dunham still hasn't come back yes. from her slip in the bathroom. Jesus. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, see, here's here's what I might have done if I was piecing this movie together is I might have had the real Mr. Schneebly, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Schneebly, um, have to come then be like, no, I'm the real Mr. Schneebly. Okay, I'm now teaching this class. And like the students are like, we want Jack Black back and and him having to like, that could be an opportunity for his character to grow, is him now being Mm -hmm. forced to like come in and deal with the situation and then, like, the students are like, no, we can't, we, we need to do this. And then seeing, like, oh, you know, he actually found something in these kids. Mm. And then he can be the one that then says, like, hey, maybe we can do this. Goes to the principal. Mm. It's like. I, th- yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that still happens anyway. Like, he goes to the show. He stands up to Patty. His, right. His, um, his uh, stickler. um girlfriend who's played by sarah silverman who is a very raunchy comedian yeah so that's it's, a it's a very weird character for her that, that's a that's playing against her type and i like yes. that um and uh i think he still does he, he still does that but still in in his own ned way where he's just on the sidelines that's true um, um yeah I, I i think if they did did it that way though then you could maybe it might be easier for some of these really cynical people to buy into the movie I don't know. I feel like I, I, it makes sense for me that that they just like try to forget the whole thing. Um, I mean, let's I, maybe white privilege plays into it as well. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, white male privilege, but also just like yeah, just trying to forget the whole thing and just just get a whole other teacher. You know, you know, no schneebly, no schneebly of any kind here. Yeah, yeah. But I I see I see that like trying to integrate it more into the story. Yeah, yeah. Cuz he is Mr. Schneebly. Like he was the one who got the job. Right. But wouldn't it also just kind of be awkward just like they call like because the other guy they were calling him Mr. Schneebly, Mr. S and Yeah, and that's, now, there's a whole scene there where he's like I'm Mr. Schneebly. I thought the last guy was Mr. Schneebly. No, the last guy was my roommate. He was pretending to be Mr. Schneebly. Like, you can see a scene in there. And then the kids aren't with him, and he has to, like, he has to, he's trying to, like, get the class under control. And then he mm-hmm. realizes, oh, these kids actually have, like, a passion for this. But wouldn't it also, like, there's a bit of irresponsibility on his part? I don't know. I, I think it's just some, like, for him to have gone along with it. I don't know. Because he just learns about it. 
at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, not that he goes along with it, but like he learns about it in the same way. And then he's the, so then he's like, okay, now mm -hmm. I have to go straighten this out. Because, so he's now the substitute teacher. And then in trying to straighten it out, realizes, oh, this is actually like, Mm. this could be like a good opportunity for these kids. And then he, and then he kind of puts it together. But I think it's also, it's, it's, it's good that the kids, they just kind of like, get just like yeet let's go like they become independent and they're able to orchestrate it themselves like that is i think more that's i guess maybe less realistic but it's also like it's cool when when they're at uh his at his apartment and then freddie's like look out the window and then um dewey looks out and sees them all at the bus and it's like no way that's so punk rock yeah maybe yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's better that the kids do that themselves, and and it takes just a little longer for Ned to come around. Like how uh, that little scene where he's like, "I'm gonna go see the show," and then Patty's like, "When are you finally gonna?" That's so typical, Ned. When are you gonna finally stand up for yourself? And then just as she says that, he shuts the door on her. Yes. So we're talking about like Jack Black, like how he doesn't really have an arc in this. The parents have an arc, and so does Ned. So I think it's. I don't know if the parents have an arc so much as they have a like a cliff, like they're one way and then (laughs) boom, straight up. It's not like a slow change over the process of the movie. It's they're one way and then oh, now it's different. Yeah, the change happens entirely in the song. Yes. What happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say <laughs> that the parents' small hearts grew three sizes that day. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely Ned that has the most, that has the closest thing to an arc, and which again is interesting since he doesn't really, he doesn't get too involved in the story, despite the fact that you know his he's his he's a victim of identity theft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's kind of just okay with it he's just okay with it. and that's ned that's ned yeah. that's his character yeah yeah i think he's like he's anti he's the anti jack black in this movie yes he's very uh reserved um yeah he's it, it's all in that line it's i i used to be a satanic sex go- <laughs> i'm not a satanic sex god anymore i'm a working stiff and that's cool <laughs> this is the first quote-unquote adult movie i had ever seen you're considering this an adult movie? No, when I saw it as a kid. I, I'm saying quote-unquote, as oh. in like, ooh, ooh, he said ass. <laughs> <laughs> he said damn. <laughs> um, th- those That kind of thing. When I watched it I was as a kid, I was like, ooh, this feels dirty. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line in the movie. It's when It's when he's doing the, the You're Not Hardcore song for the kids. And then he points to to the kids, like, roadies, dry ice, we're going to talk about this later. And for the longest time, I thought, just based on how emotional the song was for him, <laughs> that that the kids' eyes were watering. And so he's like, hey, dry eyes, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> but I didn't know it was, he was, because he was talking about fog machines. Yeah. So he's well, talking about well, dry ice. Well, yes, dry ice, which is different yeah. than the haze machine, but they do. And a fog, and then a fog machine. Yeah, a fog machine just is the fog machine is basically the cheaper version, but there might be a place where a fog machine would be used instead of dry ice, because dry ice is the one that like stays low and like brushes over the floor, whereas a fog machine, and it's like this bright white color, whereas just a general haze mm-hmm. machine just shoots gray, okay, fog into the air basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, I misread. <laughs> I misheard yeah. the line. And it was just stuck in. That's one of those, you know, those things where you you've seen a movie so many times, and you just because the way you read it as a kid, the way you you hear lines and stuff, it just you just get so used to hearing it that way. And then years later, you're like, oh, what I thought made absolutely no sense. Yes, I remember when I was a little bit older watching The Lion King that I hadn't watched since I was a younger child. And then at this time I was maybe like a preteen and I was like, Oh, I get the joke where it's what's a motto. I don't know. What's a motto with you. Now I get <laughs> you, that joke. 
did you at least get the fart joke when you were a kid? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I, that's probably the only joke I did get. <laughs> so, like I said earlier, the movie is all about Dewey um, just bullshitting his way to getting what he wants. And one of the big roadblocks is Miss Mullins because she's an adult. Um, and uh, <laughs> he has to uh, convince her to let them participate in the Battle of the Bands, but like sure, masquerading it as just like a concert. They're going yeah. to a concert. Beethoven. They're going to listen to all the classics. And his tactic is uh, uh, getting her to, because substitutes, they cannot. Like that's nothing. And I, yeah. I know because I'm a substitute teacher, you can't like do field trips and stuff. So that is to the movie's credit. That is a, a realistic thing there. So his tactic is taking her to a bar as a, as a coffee date, quote unquote coffee date. And then when they get to the bar, the they're like, "I mean, are you sure you have no coffee?" Uh huh. I'm quite sure. That's <laughs> one of the more unrealistic things of this movie. Yes, is. That I that any restaurant anywhere would not serve coffee. I work at a restaurant that doesn't serve coffee, but okay. You should wait. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I yes. take it back. Then <laughs> this movie is this movie. It's like Christopher Nolan wrote this movie, man. Uh, this is a side story. That one time there was like three white women coming in their fifties. This was a little while ago, and they just come up. And say, yeah, we'll take three black coffees. I was like, sorry, we don't serve coffee. And they're like, you don't have coffee? They're like, no, sorry. And then they're like, they're like, okay, we'll just leave then. And then as they're leaving, I hear one of them say, I didn't think it was legal to not serve coffee. <laughs> I'm just picturing like the parliament debating this bill being like, yeah, we have a bill in motion here that's going to force all restaurants and any business that serves food <laughs> to provide coffee. <laughs> it's just one of those things like it's it's a it's a necessary drug i was also gonna say that so he his tactic is to get her drunk because he knows that from other the other teachers that she got drunk and uh sang stevie nicks so he's like oh this is how i get her to to do what i want is to <laughs> drug her okay <laughs> um not drug get her inebriated <laughs> totally different <laughs> and what's just kind of hilarious is just how much of a lightweight miss mullins is she's like the lightest lightweight on the planet <laughs> yeah. like she takes a little sip and then she's flying <laughs> yes yeah 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 but it's it's i mean it works with her character that she would be that kind of person oh, but maybe not in the if you want to believe that she used to be different mm -hmm. i don't think it's the same thing as like ned with his whole like maggot death phase i guess miss mullins was just you know a lot more casual than her job suggests and when she meets dewey it's like oh now i can loosen up like she yes. says that she feels comfortable around him so her just loosening up maybe that's not even just like getting drunk maybe she just is finally letting go for, yeah. for a, a bit maybe maybe that's what it is i read a thing about the musical school of rock saying that it was basically sound of music without nazis and i feel like that could apply to the movie as well <laughs> Maybe, is that there yeah. is there is a bit of a sound of music at least in the in the plot sense and the general message yeah well this um, is a not an unfamiliar story this idea of oh, no, no. someone stepping into an environment that they're not used to to lead and them being not the person you would choose to put in that environment is what kind of enables them to do something that no one else could have done they just use the conventional methods of teaching or nannying or whatever. This isn't a unique message. It's not special in that sense. I think it's just a very satisfying execution of that. Yes. Of that common story. Yeah. This is not a groundbreaking movie in any no. ways. No, no. But it's, it's fun and it's cute. But it did teach me how to stick it to demand. There you go. <laughs> As a kid. As a kid. Yeah, I love uh, the one kid, Lawrence. Um, the 
he's the Asian kid that plays the piano um, and how <laughs> he goes from being like insecure, like people that no, nobody ever talks to me. People, people in bands are cool. I'm not cool. And then like, and then later in the movie, when it comes to like, he, he asks all the kids to, to insult him. <laughs> And and Larry gives the most burning insult. You're a fat loser and you have body odor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot else to, to say about this movie. Yeah, I'm just glad it was executed the way it was. Because um, like I said, it it's very specifically for Jack Black. This movie wouldn't work without him. No. I guess at some point we have to go back to uh reviewing bad movies cuz uh, yeah. we're, we're kind of treating ourselves a little too well. I mean, we're still staying into I feel like this movie and Night at the Museum, which we did, which was the last movie we did, are both movies you would find in a bargain bin. Oh yeah, definitely. Like 5 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I would get School of Rock on Blu-ray. So then I think usually like at Walmart, they've got the $5 DVDs and the Blu-rays are like six ninety nine. So so if you got it on Blu-ray, then, you know, it's a $6.99 movie. There you go. Yeah. Seeing great movies in the bargain bin is both satisfying and uh, disappointing. <laughs> like I found a Blu-ray of The Dark Knight at a Goodwill. Yeah. I, though I don't know if that would qualify as a bottom of the bin movie. No, it wouldn't. No, no, no. No, I we'd have to wait until like Christopher Nolan just fades into obscurity, which I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So no. Well, we've officially brought uh, Christopher Nolan into the discussion <laughs> of School of Rock, so I think that's about time for for us to wrap up. I think so. All right, well there we go. That's School of Rock uh, for you guys. Um, if you want to watch it, go ahead. If you don't want to watch it, then you know you don't have to. You, know? you you have our permission yes. to watch it or not watch it. It's yes. your life. Yeah. Whatever you do. <laughs> just don't be like, you guys said it would be good and I hated just, it. <laughs> just remember that it is not Shawshank Redemption. It is, no. If you <laughs> want to watch Shawshank Redemption, you can also watch that. As long <laughs> as you don't have anything else to do. Like, if you got to be at work, don't be like, oh, I was going to, sorry, I didn't show up to work yesterday. Then, I was going to, but then this, I was listening to this podcast and they said I could watch School of Rock or Shawshank Redemption if I wanted to. No, we're not saying that. But if you've got something, if you got nothing to do, go ahead. You might, if you want to watch whatever you want to watch. Wow. As long <laughs> as our audience is learning so much, Ben. As long as so it's much. not Space Jam. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, you know what? We're going to have to talk about when it comes out. (laughs) (laughs) We probably will. All right. Until next time, uh, thank you for listening, and remember to wash your hands and watch your movies. 